Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for being with me. I appreciate your time. There's a few headlines, and I really uh, we got to talk about uh, Tucker Carlson goes to Russia and talks to uh, uh, Putin, uh, President Vladimir Putin, I should say, and uh, the left is going very uh, crazy talking about all these nonsense. We're going to go over that. Um, the other thing I need to talk about is something incredible that has happened in Michigan. Uh, so, a woman gets sentenced. A woman gets sentenced to uh, to um, guess. I guess she gets sentenced to about 15 years, and uh, for uh, her son. We're going to talk about that also, and. Uh, We'll talk about uh, a few other stories real quick. Uh, the border, obviously, is a big story. And uh, let's start with this um, big, big news. I think it's in incredible. The um, In Michigan, this woman gets um, sentenced guilty. And the, the jury of Michigan finds this a woman guilty of four counts of involuntary manslaughter in connection with her son's 2021 massive shooting at Oxford High School. The killed four students and injured seven other people. She faces a maximum penalty of 15 years in prison for each count. Her sentence is scheduled for April 9th. And the woman is Jennifer uh, Crumbler, 45, and is believed to be the first parent to be held criminally responsible for a mass attack committed by a child. And to carry out uh, this this sentence is going to, in my opinion, is going to carry more uh, pressure on parents to well, to not let their kids just go around or do things they're not supposed to be be doing, you know, but it's just very, very uh, not wise. And um, but let me point out also that the father, a 57-year-old James, uh, uh, he's the one that gave him the gun. As a gift so the kid gets crazy goes and starts shooting and kills uh, kills some people unfortunately these things happen but what's gonna happen I think is people are gonna be a little more uh, more responsible on how this things play out how are we going to be more responsible with kids and by the way the state of Michigan is one of the most restricted um, the most restricted who has the most control on guns so you had to go through all these loops to go and get a gun so I don't think the father gave the gun to the kid just by going you have to have a certain age you have to go through certain um, you know classes and uh, and also you have to have the, the gun in lock and on and on and on. I mean, a lot of restrictions 
Michigan has one of the most high restricted policies in the nation. Now, one of the big headlines was um, this uh, just a few days ago. Uh, the GOP control house failed to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary. What, what would come next? This comes from the Associated Press. The uh, Republican-controlled House has failed to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over the Biden administration handling of the U.S.-Mexican border. The vote Tuesday night marked the culmination of months of examinations by House Republicans as they aim to make immigration and border security a key elections issue. But when it comes down... Um, when it comes down to the vote, Democrats were united against the charges and Republicans who have razor-thin majority on the House needed almost every vote they had to approve the two articles of impeachment against Mallorca, and they fell short. This doesn't necessarily spell the end of impeachment efforts. The House is likely to revisit the issue, but next steps are highly uncertain. Here is a big story because Alejandro Mayorkas it's uh, the one in charge of Homeland Security and in the border we have over 2.2 million people cross the border already illegally and we have parts of Texas where a lot of these immigrants have passed through and there was big news also because there was the state against the federal and federal uh, the federal was basically trying to control the borders by letting these immigrations but Texas said no we're not gonna allow that to happen and 26 states got together and said we're gonna support Texas and we're gonna send you support and they did they did send support to the border so that the border was secure and the administrations sue Texas for not following orders and at the same time Texas sue the federal for uh, doing some or going against a constitutional right of Texas this goes on and on and the House of Representatives, well, the Republican side was already very upset about this whole thing that Mallorca's allowing to happen. But at the same time, Mallorca's is following a, a dictation or an order from the president's, uh, I'm assuming, right hand, because as we know, the president is not quite in his five cents. One thing about to say that, that the president, and you've probably seen it, stumbles and his words, not only walking, he gets lost. And these are the things that he has lost, the president. Uh, the voters the, the are losing the support for this president. So it's like we need somebody very fresh. Or, or new somebody is gonna not only get the inflation under control and get the borders uh, you know close and a lot of the monies that they're spending on and uh, that we're gonna talk about all this is 
this uh, bill for uh, for the border security. That's what's going to tie about this this news that the border is a big, I guess, commotion. A few days ago, a few days ago, um, the U.S. Senate unveils a $118 billion bill on, on border security. But uh, well, let me read this from Reuters as the headlines. It's U.S. Senate unveils $118 billion bill on border security aid for Ukraine, Israel. And what's in this bill? So in Washington, the U.S. Senate on Sunday unveiled the 118 bill bipartisan border security bill that would also provide aid to Ukraine and Israel, but it promptly slapped into a position from the House of Representatives. I urge Congress to come together and swiftly pass this bipartisan agreement, President Joe Biden said, also pressing the migration measures in the bill, which took months to negotiate. However, House of Representatives Speaker Mike Johnson declared it dead on arrival if it is reached his chambers. The bill is even worse than expected and won't come close to ending the border catastrophe the president has created. He said in a statement on X, formerly called Twitter, the Democratic and Republican Senate backers of the wide range of U.S. border security and foreign military aid bill pledged to push ahead despite opposition by Donald Trump as well as Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he would take steps to hold an initial vote on the bill on Wednesday. Well, let me let me see what's in the bill. And here it is what it is. In addition up to 20.23 billion to the border. The bill includes 60.6 billion to support Ukraine in the war with the Russia. A 14.1 billion dollars in security assistance for Israel, 2.44 billion to US Central Command in the conflict in the Red Sea and 4.83 billion to support the US partners in the Indo-Pacific facing aggressions from China, according to figures from Senator Patty Murray, who chairs in Senate's Appropriation Committee. An additional $10 billion would provide humanitarian assistance to civilians in conflict zones, including Ukraine, Gaza, and the West Banks. Now, let's put attention to this bill here. It's $20.23 billion only for the border. And the bill here is called uh, the Border Security Bill. But in reality, as you can see, most of that money is going to go to Ukraine. $60.6 billion to support Ukraine. Now, if you count this money, and from the previous money that have already been given to Ukraine, in very small amount of time, you will say we passed uh, the threshold of $200 billion. And we know for a fact that a lot of Ukrainian politicians are actually uh, out the door because they've been found in quotes found or they've been pushed to be found guilty of corruption uh, mismanaging funds but that's not new in Ukraine that's actually has been happening I talked about this this is not a new thing if you actually go 
and research for uh, Ukrainian corruption, you'll find lots of articles of what's going on. This is nothing new. Now, if we continue in this path of this war against Russia, and this is what I'm going to tie it up with this news about uh, Tucker Carlson and the, I guess, the indignity of a lot of these people, uh, one of them being Hillary Clinton, that is speaking to, against why, you know, Tucker Carlson ended up going over there. But let me play this from Tucker Carlson so that you guys can hear from his mouth. Check this out. We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously. So we thought about it carefully over many months. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it in ways they might not fully yet perceive. The war in Ukraine is a human disaster. It's left hundreds of thousands of people dead, an entire generation of young Ukrainians, and has depopulated the largest country in Europe. But the long-term effects are even more profound. This war has utterly reshaped the global military and trade alliances, and the sanctions that followed have as well. And in total, they have upended the world economy. The post-World War II economic order, the system that guaranteed prosperity in the West for more than 80 years, is coming apart very fast, and along with it, the dominance of the U.S. dollar. These are not small changes. They are history-altering developments. They will define the lives of our grandchildren. Most of the world understands this perfectly well. They can see it. Ask anyone in Asia or the Middle East what the future looks like. And yet the populations of the English-speaking countries seem mostly unaware. They think that as nothing has really changed. And they think that because no one has told them the truth. Their media outlets are corrupt. They lie to their readers and viewers. And they do that mostly by omission. For example, since the day the war in Ukraine began, American media outlets have spoken to scores of people from Ukraine, and they have done scores of interviews with Ukrainian President Zelensky. We ourselves have put in a request for an interview with Zelensky, and we hope he accepts. But the interviews he's already done in the United States are not traditional interviews. They are fawning pep sessions specifically designed to amplify Zelensky's demand that the U.S. enter more deeply into a war in Eastern Europe and pay for it. That is not journalism. It is government propaganda, propaganda of the ugliest kind, the kind that kills people. At the same time, our politicians and media outlets have been doing this, promoting a foreign leader like he's a new consumer brand. Not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. They've never heard his voice. That's wrong. Americans have a right to know all they can about a war they're implicated in. And we have the right to tell them about it because we are Americans too. Freedom of speech is our birthright. We were born with the right to say what we believe. That right cannot be taken away no matter who is in the White House. But they're trying anyway. Almost three years ago, the Biden administration 
illegally spied on our text messages and then leaked the contents to their servants in the news media. They did this in order to stop a Putin interview that we were planning. Last month, we're pretty certain they did exactly the same thing once again. But this time, we came to Moscow anyway. We are not here because we love Vladimir Putin. We are here because we love the United States. And we want it to remain prosperous and free. We paid for this trip ourselves. We took no money from any government or group. Nor are we charging people to see the interview. It is not behind a paywall. Anyone can watch the entire thing, shot live to tape and unedited, on our website, TuckerCarlson.com. Elon Musk, to his great credit, has promised not to suppress or block this interview once we post it on his platform, X, and we're grateful for that. Western governments, by contrast, will certainly do their best to censor this video on other less principled platforms because that's what they do. They are afraid of information they can't control. But you have no reason to be afraid of it. We are not encouraging you to agree with what Putin may say in this interview, but we are urging you to watch it. You should know as much as you can. And then, like a free citizen and not a slave, you can decide for yourself. Thanks. So after this clip, um, about uh, two days ago, a Tucker, I guess, got, got, uh, they were speaking in the European Parliament and they wanted to see if they can sanction Tucker Carlson for interviewing Russian President Vladimir Putin and the conversations that came about. It's, it, to me, it's kind of a joke. You know, the lawmakers in Europe, they, it's basically, I'm going to read this from the Newsweek. It says, uh, the lawmaker uh, who had called for the EU, uh, the EU to explore him imposing a travel ban on Carlson described Carlson as a mouthpiece of former President Donald Trump and Putin, adding as Putin is a war criminal and the EU sanctions all who assist him in, the, in that effort. It seems logical that the External Actions Service examined his case as well. The this news of its flood all over the place and one of the persons that actually end up besides our news here, well our joke joke news, uh, was Hillary Clinton. She had something to say about that obviously. Hillary called former Fox News host Tucker Carlson a useful idiot in a response to the news that Carlson is interviewing Russian President Vladimir Putin. He said things that are not true. He parrots Vladimir Putin and packs of lies. Well, you know what? Let me play the clip so you can actually hear exactly what she said. Check this out. Tucker Carlson is in Moscow right now interviewing Vladimir Putin. Right. The first American, I'll say, journalist uh, to interview Putin since the war in Ukraine began. What does that tell you about Tucker Carlson and right-wing media and also Vladimir Putin? Well, it shows me what I think we've all known. He's what's called a useful idiot. I mean, if you actually read translations of what's being said on Russian media, they make fun of him. I mean, he's like a puppy dog. You know, he somehow is, after having been fired from so many 
outlets in the United States. He, uh, I would not be surprised uh, if he emerges with a contract with a Russian outlet because he is a useful idiot. He says things that are not true. He parrots Vladimir Putin's uh, pack of lies about Ukraine. Uh, so I don't see why Putin wouldn't give him an interview. And that's not the end. Let me show you guys um, what other outlets are being saying. don't think they like Tucker. Did he uh, end up going to Russia to talk to Putin? And, uh, well, let's give you a little taste of that. Check this out. Another far-right conspiracy peddler with a show on the Internet. He's no longer on Fox, as we all know. And he's apparently been spending the last few days in Moscow for some reason. Who knows? We don't know why. He has to stay relevant somehow, so I guess we'll learn in the coming days, maybe. Yeah, well, when I first heard that he was there, I just assumed he was there to get an award because there probably isn't an American who has done more for Vladimir Putin in the last couple of years than Tucker Carlson. He's been, uh, he sided with Russia on the invasion. He was consistently uh, berating Vladimir uh, Zelensky and, uh, and, and uh, lifting up Putin. So that's how he got the interview, and I think Putin's expecting a friendly interview. You know, Putin uh, actually uh, uh, ordered the Kremlin did state TV to cover T Tucker and to carry some of Tucker's comments because they viewed them as so helpful to Putin in this war effort. So I'm sure they'll have a warm, uh, a warm session, whether it's an award or a or a, uh, I, I guess the interview would be his award. The, reward. the meeting of the Mutual Admiration Society um, over in Moscow Indeed. there. I don't think they like Tucker so much. Seems like um, the the view they see Tucker as a, a threat because CNN and MSNBC, the two people that I just played, uh, or networks, they have lost an amount of uh, views. They're bleeding viewers. And and for them, the only thing they can do is attack Carlson uh, for his interviews. And by the way, you can go check this at TCN or TuckerCarlson.com. This full interview is free to watch, as Tucker mentioned it. And it's about a two-hour interview, by the way. And um, I hope you guys watch it and see what uh, you guys think. If you enjoy this, please tell anybody about this um, other network, which is me, myself, and I. And uh, hope to catch you soon. Thanks a lot for being with me. Appreciate it. Uh, welcome back and talk more uh in, over the weekend on Saturday. Thank you so much again. Bye-bye.